offer those small tips of information to them and you'll be amazed how grateful the people are when you bring in the information to them without them eliciting any of it. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E. You're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we are speaking with Alina Trigub. Alina, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Hi, Theo. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be back here. Yeah, so as Alina said, she is a repeat guest, so you can check out her first episode, which is episode 1750. So thank you for joining us. Looking forward to diving deep into a particular skill set, because today is Sunday, so it's Skill Set Sunday. So we're going to focus on a skill set that Alina has, has helped her grow her real estate portfolio. But before we get into that, let's go over Alina's background. So she is a founder and managing partner of Samo Financial a boutique private equity firm specializing in commercial real estate. She has six years of real estate investing experience and her portfolio consists of mostly apartment syndication investments, 
equity partner in multifamily mobile home parks, self-storage, and a couple of condos. She's based in New York, and you can say hi to her at Samo Financial. That's S-A-M-O Financial.com. So, Elena, before we get into the skill set we're going to talk about today, can you give us a quick refresher on your background and what you're focused on today? Sure. I'll try to make it quick here so that we don't take too much time. So, hi, everyone. My education had started in accounting and taxes, and I started my career as a tax accountant early on, but quickly realized that it was not the field I wanted to spend my time in because I was not enjoying what I was doing. And while searching for something else, I decided to switch to a completely different field by moving into the information technology world where I work to this day. My roles have evolved obviously with career progression, but they mainly revolve around being the liaison between business and technology within the information technology world. And while working, while progressing in my career, my husband and I had growing careers and growing income along the way. I have always been thinking about finding ways to lower taxes as a former tax accountant. That's been on my mind for many years. And that led me to real estate. And finally, about seven years ago, I took action and decided to do my research. And after doing the research, I was skipping certain points, but the road led me to syndications where I became an equity partner. And after doing that for several years, I decided to start my own company with the sole purpose of helping other people essentially do the same thing I've done for several years, build passive income by investing in syndications and having a diversified portfolio. So in addition to having, say, Wall Street investments, we would have real estate investments too soon. That, in a nutshell, is my story. Perfect. I think that ending point where you mentioned that you are now focused on helping other people do what you do is a good transition into the skill set we're going to talk today, which is thought leadership. And then we're also going to get a little bit more specific and talk about public speaking. So I'll let you start off and give us your thoughts on thought leadership. I know you're on bigger pockets a lot posting. Whenever I post on bigger pockets or go on bigger pockets, I always see your name at the top of the list for a lot of the multifamily forums. So maybe kind of just walk us through what your thoughts are on thought leadership and then we can transition into talking about public speaking. Absolutely, Theo. Yeah, and I do see you a lot on bigger pockets as well. So when someone wants to start a business and the business involves working with other partners or maybe passive investors, they have to start building their own thought leadership platform. And the first step of the thought leadership platform is having your own website. The website doesn't have to be too complex. The main thing that it should have is a clean homepage that states what you're in the business of, what are you offering people, what are you delivering, what are your services, and so forth. Then you should also have an about page that lists you and your team. And if you have any social media, then have a social media page where maybe at least in the podcast interview like this one or articles where you're quoted or articles about you. And in addition to that, any speaking engagements that you've had. Basic contact page is also needed so that people know how to find you. And that's basically it. I mean, people add various other pages, but it's really up to you as to how much content you want to put. 
the simpler the website, the better it is for the end user to understand what you're offering and what they're going to get from it. In addition to the website, which gives you web presence, you also need to leverage social media to show your expertise and to build up your credibility. And that, that's also essential part of the thought leadership platform as well. And you can select one social media platform, say Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, or you can go on multiple. The world is yours and it's really up to you to decide how many social media platforms you can use. But whatever social media platform you concentrate on, make sure you're active on it and you're not just posting content, you're actually contributing and offering value to other people by posting the content that benefits other people and engaging in a conversation. And in addition to that, one of the essential components of building thought leadership platform is uh, having speaking engagements. And obviously, they're not going to come to you automatically because you need to build up your name, build up your brand first. Once you build up your brand um, you can start networking with people, if people see that you are bringing value and the other are benefiting from your value, then you'll be invited to speak at the conferences and events. And one of the greatest events is the best ever conference show that Joe always has every year. year. It's a phenomenal conference, which I highly, highly recommend to everyone. I really enjoyed attending it. So in terms of speaking at the conference, again, it's more or less the world is in your hands. If you are a great presenter, if people are benefiting and in the conference hosts are seeing that you're providing value, then you'll be invited again and again to many other conferences. And what it does is it does multiple things. Number one, it builds your credibility. Number two, it gives you speaking experience. And number three, it is a way of indirect networking because it's one thing when you're just in in a crowd meeting people one by one and collecting business cards, exchanging information, and just meeting everyone. But it's a completely different experience when you're on the stage, when you're presenting and not just presenting through your presentation, when you're able to connect with your audience. Mind you, you may not be able to find that link, that connection from the get-go. Again, it comes with experience. But some people are natural and this or any other skill may come natural to them. It will definitely come with experience if it's not something you're natural in, but it's something that as a public speaker, you need to concentrate on finding a way to connect with the audience. Because when you connect with the audience, essentially you're having a conversation and your audience is instantly attracted to you. Well, guess what? The audience is instantly attracted to you. They would want to follow up with you, reach out, and that may translate to deals potentially later or into passive investors or various business opportunities. So it's really critical when you know that you're invited to speak at a conference, it's really critical to find out what kind of audience would be expected. And obviously it's not going to be one size fits all. There will be different people, but in general, you can get a sense from the conference organizers as to what's the percentage of people they expect to be representing whether it's service providers, active investors, and so forth. And based on that, prepare a presentation that will resonate with majority of audience. 
and will be not only your presenting, but will also be beneficial for this type of audience. So it's definitely very critical. I can talk about my own experience, if you like, which will also give our audience a few examples. Sure. Let me ask a few follow-up questions first. Sure. We can go the example. So I really appreciate you kind of breaking down the first initial steps with the website and then the social media presence. So for the speaking engagements, is it typically going from doing a podcast or writing blog posts to going to being invited to a best ever conference type speaking event? Or is it better to do baby steps first, like speak at a small meetup group first and kind of work your way up? Or do you recommend taking that leap or does it depend? I would say a lot depends on the personality. Some people are charismatic by nature and very outgoing and extroverted. For those folks, they will feel pretty comfortable on stage and will be able to jump onto a big stage from the beginning. For the folks on the opposite end of the spectrum, if someone is introverted, not charismatic, and just in general feels extremely uncomfortable speaking to, say, more than two people, then practice is essential. And when I say practice, speaking to smaller groups, speaking in front of the meetup groups, getting interviews on podcasts is definitely an essential experience. It's sort of similar to buying a property. The natural progression is people start with the single families or small residential multis, and then they jump to the commercial real estate, which they may first buy themselves and then buy through syndications with passive investors. Same applies here. If someone is introverted and just in general not comfortable on stage, then I would strongly advise by getting that practice first, getting the experience of speaking in front of smaller groups and potentially taking on some sort of training. Like for instance, I took a training. I found this New York City producer who was well known for teaching people how to speak and present on stage. And her training actually took place in one of the small theaters in New York City, that gave me a tremendous boost because number one, I was getting feedback from someone who's been doing it for over 20 years. Number two, because the practice was taking place in a real theater, I was on stage from day one. And that was instrumental in helping me build up my confidence as a speaker and gain the experience which I did not have prior to that prior to speaking at the conference. Does that answer your question? Perfectly answered my question. So my next question is about how to get invited to these speaking events. So maybe in answering this question, you can go through the examples of conferences or events you've spoken at mm-hmm. and then let us know how that came to be. Did you reach out to them? Did they reach out to you? Maybe explain how you were able to get those speaking engagements. All of my speaking engagements in my case in particular, came from other people reaching out to me and asking to speak. Partially, it was due to numerous podcast interviews that I've done prior to that. Partially, it was due to extensive networking. I've been always a good networker. Well, not always, but when I realized that I need to network, I started networking with people, not just for the purpose of networking, but essentially for the purpose of meeting potential partners, creating joint ventures, collaborating with people and finding ways to bring value to other people. That was my ultimate goal. And through these connections, I was getting introductions to conference hosts 
and people started inviting me to speak at the conference. And, and while most of it has been in real estate, some of them has been in more of an educational space. And again, this was because someone knew that I'm really passionate about kids and non-traditional education, and they invited me to one event, and then I was invited to another and another. And that's how the trickle-down effect works. When someone sees that you're bringing value and you're passionate about the topic, they'll start inviting you. So you could be a real estate investor, but you may be able to speak on education or maybe setting up your mindset. No matter what your main expertise is, you may have other skills and other knowledge that you'll be able to share with other people that they can relate on because you're going to be sharing it from your personal point of view and from your personal experience. And nothing works better than sharing your personal story because it's relatable and it's something that people can leverage when building up their thought leadership platform and starting their speaking Perfect. So we're kind of stepping back and figuring out, okay, so here's what you do when you're doing the talks. Here's how you were able to get the talks, which was through being on podcasts and networking. So I think it would be important to kind of go over some of your networking tips. It seems like at the root of how this begins. So we obviously already talked about how active you are in bigger pockets. Maybe walk us through some of the top three to five ways that you are networking. And again, ideally giving a specific example of what extensive networking event resulted in you having some sort of speaking engagement. Sure. So I'm a big proponent of Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. The book, which I read probably 15 to 20 somewhat years ago, this book can be applied not only to your professional, but also to your personal career. And essentially what the book main point is, People like to talk about themselves. So when you meet someone for the first time, try to refrain yourself by jumping on and talking and saying, I, I, I. Try to be genuine when you're listening to the person who you talk to and ask them questions when they say something. Let's say they start talking about career progression or how they started and then closed multiple businesses or have a big or small family, ask follow-up questions, show your genuine interest in their personal and professional life. People get attracted to people that show interest in them. And by doing that and by sincerely being interested in another person, you're establishing and building a relationship. Obviously, it will take more than one conversation, but the first conversation kind of establishes that bridge between you and the person on the other end of the phone or at the end of the table that you're speaking to. So when they see that you're interested in them, they will want to follow up regardless whether you have some business in common and they will want to come back to you because that interest that you showed in their career, personal life will remain in their mind and they will want to follow up with you and eventually stay in touch and do business or be able to help you in one way or form. So I think that's very, very critical is to show your interest in another person. And then also when you're networking and collecting cards, don't just collect cards. So I've seen people do different things. Some people take a business card and ask to take a picture of the person whose business card was handed to them to have a face next to that business card so they remember who they talk to. 
Another example, or what I typically do is I write notes on each business card that I get, and I put the notes that help me remember some stuff about this person. Maybe it's someone who went to one of my alma mater colleges, or maybe it's someone who I worked with at the same company in the past, or maybe they were talking about their business and I thought this was a great business idea and I wanted to follow up with them. So whatever is going to help you to remember the person down the road, put that as a note on their business card and that helps you to remember and that will be a good conversation starter when you talk to them next time. And in addition to business cards, as I said, the third point is always follow up. So don't just collect business cards and put them on your desk, but also follow up. Ideally, follow up right after the event. And then if you see that the conversation has been started and you have things in common, then follow up again in a few months find out how the person is doing or how is their business or just if you know for example that they're looking for multifamily in let's say a town where you live then offer some things that you heard about your town maybe there is new construction going on or maybe there is a new company that's coming into the town so offer those small tips of information to them and you'll be amazed how grateful the people are when you bring in the information to them without them eliciting any of it. It's always rewarding to see a smile on another person's face when they get those tips without asking for that. Hope this helps. 100%. So is there anything else that you want to mention before we conclude the interview? In general, I think if someone wants to establish and build relationship, whether they're personal or professional, I think reading Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People is a great starting point. So I highly recommend that. Awesome, Elena. Well, thanks for joining us again on the Skillset Sunday and walking us through the power of thought leadership. And more specifically, we talked a lot about speaking engagements and public speaking. So you walked us through the three components of a thought leadership platform. The first is the website. The second is the social media. And then the third is the in-person speaking engagements. We went over a lot of reasons why speaking engagements are important. It builds credibility. And then we also talked about some more specifics on what to do during these speaking engagements. So make sure that when you are speaking, you're providing value because you'll get invited again and again and again. We talked about the indirect networking benefits. So rather than meeting someone one-on-one, you're in front of 10, 20, 100, 1,000 people. And as long as you're able to share your personal experience, tell your story, connect with the audience, then you're going to be able to get people to follow up with you and then complete deals and partnerships. From there, you mentioned that some people are natural at public speaking, so they can just jump straight to these big conferences. Other people who are more introverted are going to need some more practice. So maybe start by speaking at smaller meetup groups, start by being interviewed on people's podcasts, they kind of compared it to the progression of real estate going from single family home to a small multifamily to a large multifamily. And he also mentioned you actually go to a training. And he mentioned a training you went to. We talked about different ways to get public speaking engagements. As you mentioned, doing these podcast interviews as well as doing networking. And then you gave her three tips for networking, which one was from the how to win friends to influence people. Essentially, people love to talk about themselves. So when you meet someone, try to genuinely listen to them genuinely ask them questions and follow-up questions because people are attracted to the people who show an interest in them. Your second one, which I never heard this before, but I mean, I heard that don't just collect business cards. 
I've heard the note-taking before, but taking a picture of them, I think is also a really good idea because, again, you take a picture, you look at the picture, and you are likely to remember more about the conversation than just staring at the business card. You might forget who that person was. And then your third advice was to always follow up with the business card people or people you're talking to in person. Do it right after the event, and then if there is a connection, you can follow up with them again a few months later. And then when you are following up, make sure you're adding value. So again, really appreciate it. I learned a lot in this episode. I'm sure the best ever listeners did as well. So thank you for joining us. Best ever listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Theo. Great to be here. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. If you have a smaller rental portfolio, then here's a no-brainer for you. Hemlane's property management platform automates the entire rental life cycle. With connections to local agents and maintenance coordinators, you are in control and have more free time. Check them out at hemlane.com. That's H-E-M-L-A-N-E.com.